What's up, everybody? Good morning. Happy Sunday as usual. I hope that you are having a great day, have had a great week, and I trust and believe that you enjoyed the series that Pastor Jay just knocked out of the park. It spoke to me. I hope that it spoke to you as well. And hey, listen, today we have something very special for you. A while back, I shared with you about a young man that I had the opportunity to meet uh, when he was a freshman in high school, and I spent some time uh, mentoring him. And and quite frankly, he was one that just wasn't going to go away, right? Like if you want to be mentored, you just keep showing up. And that's exactly what he did. He just kept showing up, kept calling, kept coming to my house. And uh, I had nothing to do except mentor him. And uh, But it was incredible. I enjoyed every minute of it. And it's been an incredible joy to watch him grow into the young man that he is today. He also was mentored by Pastor Jay. He did an internship with him a couple summers ago and grew so much uh, with his time with Pastor Jay. And anyways, all of that to say today you're going to hear uh, from a young man named Caleb Berryman. He is the leader, uh, the student leader, if you will, of our youth group at Seven Cities Church. And uh, him and his girlfriend, Victoria, they do an incredible job. But he has truly the gift of teaching and preaching. And, uh, and you're going to get to experience that today. We said from day one that we want to be a church that trains up and sends out. And so um, this is part of that. And so we hope that the send out is right here at Seven Cities and he can stay with us for a while. But whatever God has for him, uh, we want that for his life. But today you're going to be blessed. Uh, He has an incredible word to share with you guys. And so without further ado, do me a favor, say amen, do some hand emojis, clap in your living rooms, wherever you are, and welcome my brother, my friend, uh, my son, if you will, Caleb Berryman. I love you, brother. I'm excited for you. And uh, give him Jesus. All right? Y'all show him some love. I, I do really think Pastor Brian is my father. He just hasn't told me yet, but... Hey, Seven Cities Church, um, and good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Just like Pastor Brian said, my name is Caleb Behrman, and if you don't know about me, um, as you can see, I'm pretty young. I'm 18 years old. I'm actually a senior at Portsmouth Christian School, PCF stand up, and right now I'm actually in the middle of getting ready to graduate, so I'm about to like step into the new chapter of adulthood, and I can't wait actually to get into that new chapter and uh, people have been asking, like, what college am I going to go to? Regent University um, is a college I really want to attend, and I will be attending too. Uh, just to pursue in the Christian ministry, I feel like God has called me there, and God wants me to step out into the unknown. And usually when I step out into the unknown, I know more about what God's will is for my life. And hey, I just want to spend this moment before I get into the message and before I get into what God wants to speak to you. Is really just to thank Pastor Brian and Pastor Jay. Like these are two powerhouse pastors. I mean, come on. To start a church from January and to look where we are now, that is just such a blessing. And I want to thank them personally for not only mentoring me, but just being these amazing leaders to me, amazing people in my life that I can find joy around, that I can just be happy around and joke around. And Pastor Brian and Pastor Jay have both mentored me so much over the past years of what preaching actually is and how to step into the life of ministry that God has called me to be. And I want to thank them for with this church and how they've been so amazing with the community and with the people of God. 
And I mean, if you're in your seat right now, I would give a round of applause for them because none of this Seven City Church will be here without them and without them being obedient and being called out to start this church. And with this church, we had a series that was phenomenal called Identity Theft. And personally, it spoke to me. I mean, for the past couple of months during COVID, personally, the devil has been attacking me, trying to steal my identity, trying to feed in the lies like, hey, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. And maybe you can relate to that series as well. We've learned so many things of how to defeat that, how to say, no, devil, I know my worth. I know my identity in Jesus. I know who I am. I am a son and I am a daughter in Christ Jesus. But I feel like sometimes, of course, because we are human, we sometimes let the devil get the best of us and we sometimes let sin get the best of us. And we get into this phase where we're feeling stuck. I mean, have you ever felt like stuck before? I'm not talking about like a plunger in a toilet. I'm talking about like spiritually and emotionally stuck. You know, either whether you're stuck in a situation or whether you're stuck in sin. And that kind of like define it is, you know, one, one option could be that you're stuck in sin, meaning you're repeating the same mistake over and over again. You told yourself you weren't going to do this, and then all of a sudden you did it again. And because we're human, we often get in this trap of, I'll figure it out on my own. I'll try to get out of this by myself. And all of a sudden it just repeats itself over and over And maybe there's this aspect of feeling stuck in a situation. Maybe you're just in a toxic relationship that you feel stuck in. Maybe you're just, finances are just really troubling now and you feel stuck. You don't know what to do. You don't know what right choices to make. And right now, if you're stuck in a situation, maybe that's where God wants you to be. Because God is a sovereign God. And if you're following him faithfully, if you're trusting him right now and you feel stuck, guess what? God has you right where he wants you to be. He wants to teach you patience through what you're going through. He wants to teach you wisdom for what you're going through. And you may feel stuck right now, but I'm telling you, God is in control. He is with you every step of the way. But what I mainly want to talk about today, about the feeling of stuck, is being stuck in sin. Because we're sinful human beings. That's why we need a Savior. If we were perfect, if we were perfect human beings and we never sinned, we would continue to follow God and worship Him peacefully and be in the garden eating and turn up and all of that. But we're sinful. Like we're sinful human beings. And I, I know I'm preaching to adults who are much older than me. And so you could probably relate of maybe repeating the same mistake over and over again. And there's actually a passage in the Bible that I would like to go to and preach about. But before I do, I want to share the title of my message, and it's called Don't Get Stuck. Because as much as I can talk about, yeah, we're stuck right now, I feel stuck right now in sin, well, we don't want to stay there. Nobody wants to stay there. And I want to talk about the prodigal son, and in that passage specifically, of how he knew that he was stuck, and he needed to get out. And I want to go ahead and flip to Luke chapter 15. I'm going to give you some time to flip there. And as you guys are flipping to Luke chapter 15, or maybe you're opening the app, I want to explain the context of this chapter. And right now, Jesus is teaching a parable. And Pastor Brian said this a couple years ago. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Like Jesus is teaching earthly standards. He's like, let me just give you an example of an earthly story, but there's always a higher meaning to it. And right now, Jesus is teaching that parable, and it's called the parable 
of the lost son. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, and it's going to, we're going to be starting in verse 11. And here's what it says. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate. Okay, pause. If I ever said that to my dad, my two front teeth would be gone. All right? If I ever come up to my dad and be like, hey, I want my money, and I want my money now, I would not be here today. There might be a couple bruises, and my dad would lose. Like, that's just like a loss of respect. Like, you know, this money is supposed to be saved after the father passes away. And right now, the younger son is asking like, hey, give me the money. I want it now. So we can obviously see that the younger son just wants to get along with his life. He wants to live his life the way he wants to. He wants all the freedom and all the will to do what he wants to do. And so the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Verse 13, it says, A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. So now we see the son is living his happiest life, so to speak. You know, he told his father, hey, I want my money. I want, I'm gone. And so now he's going for, he's obviously the scripture says a distant land. So he's far, far away, far, far away from his father, far away from his family, far away from what he's familiar with. And he's going to live his own life. And at face value, it looks like he's pretty successful. He got what he wants. He got the money. He's got the land. He's got everything. But verse 14 is where things start to shift. Check this out. Verse 14, it says this. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. So now he's stuck. He got all the money, then boom, he went broke. All his money ran out. He spent it on everything he wanted and didn't invest wisely, didn't make wise choices. And he made all these mistakes, and all of a sudden, the money's gone. And on top of his bad mistakes... A famine hit. So now he doesn't have any food to eat. And now he's in this position of feeling stuck. And I can personally relate to that because back in middle school, I thought me personally living what I wanted to do was, be, was being successful. I thought in middle school, if I would just listen to people's opinions and try to people please my way into society, that I thought I would be great. Like I would go to school some days and people would cuss and people would say bad things. And I'm like, all right. Well, they're the popular popular kids. So if I do that, then that means I'll be popular. And so every day I would go to school and I would just feel stuck. I knew I would make the same mistakes of, of cussing and using bad language. And I would come home and be like, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. But then right back at the next day, I would do it again. And I felt stuck. I felt stuck in my mistakes. I felt stuck in my sin and I didn't know what to do. And right now, the son is probably feeling the same way. Maybe you are too. Maybe you told yourself that you were never going to go back to that addiction or that sin. You were never going to go back to that cycle of making mistakes over and over. And I know one popular, unfortunately, it's popular mistake and sin that is around the world right now is pornography. And as I'm preaching right now, maybe that has convicted some of you. And maybe you continue to fall into that mistake and fall into that sinful trap. Or maybe it's gospel. I mean, gossip, sorry. Maybe it's gossip. You keep falling into that trap over and over and over again. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's cussing. And there's all these sins that the devil wants us to be trapped in. The devil wants us to be stuck in. Well, guess what, church? We have a way out. We have a way out. 
And my first point, if you want to know, like, how, how do I get, how, how do I get out of this stuck phase, if you will? Well, my first point is this, and I have two points. I know I'm not Pastor Brian. I don't have three, and I'm not Pastor Jay. I don't have five, but I have two. I have two points. My first point is this, is lean on the strong foundation. Lean on the strong foundation. We can obviously see that the younger son was leaning on, one, his own understanding, and two, his money. Those are not very strong foundations. For me personally, what I was leaning on back in middle school, I was leaning on my own, my own understanding, and I was leaning on people. And listen, leaning on people is great, but that's not a strong foundation. People's opinions change. People change. People transform into, like, they have different characteristics growing over time. Like, we people, like, we've already seen society change over just the past year. People change. Money goes in and goes out. It's, it's paper. It's temporary. What's not is God's word. And there's a passage in Matthew chapter 7 that I want to go to. And it talks about leaning on the strong foundation. And check this out. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching, and this is Jesus talking. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So growing up, I always thought about this passage as two separate foundations, but really it's talking about the same foundation. The same foundation. What is that? It says it in verse 24. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching. So this foundation that Jesus is talking about is his teaching, is his word. The difference is whether you're going to listen to it or not. If you do listen to it, you're going to start building your faith. You're going to start building your trust in God. And you're going to start building, realizing that you're building this foundation on God's word. So when troubles come, when situations that are out of control, instead of feeling stuck, you're continuing on in God's path. You're continuing on following his wisdom and following his word. But if you don't listen to it, if you want to do your own lifestyle, if you want to live your own way, and, and you want to do what you want to do, it's going to be like sand. Because when storms and when winds come, your own understanding, your own lifestyle, your own way of living isn't going to last that long. And that's the reality that the younger son had to face because as he's living his life on his own, he ran out of money. Now he's out of food. And now he's realizing he's made these mistakes and he's in this stuck position. And I know I make a lot of references to middle school, but that's when I realized I wasn't leaning on the strong foundation. What is it for you? What moment is it for you when you realize that I'm not really leaning on God's word? I'm not really leaning on the strong foundation God has given me. Because this, this is the strong foundation. And guess what? Maybe this is on your shelf. This is on your phone. And it's, it's so accessible. It's right here. But yet so many times we don't lean on that. We start leaning on our own understanding. And I almost think about it as quicksand. I don't know if you watched any Anna Jones movies. But as a kid, like I watched any Anna Jones. I admired him. I wanted to be like the savior to come in and save the day. 
But there was a scene in one of the movies where one of the guys was stuck in quicksand. And so he's stuck in quicksand. He's got his hands out and he's screaming. He's like, help, help, help. But before he's screaming help, he's trying to get out on his own. So as he's trying to get out on his own, he's trying to grab some piece of ground to try to get up. He starts sinking faster. And the moment he realizes he starts sinking faster, that's when he starts crying out, help, help, help. I need some help. And eventually with like one arm sticking out of the sand, somebody helps him. But it would have been a lot safer. It would have been a lot quicker if he would have just asked for help first. And I feel like that's our faith sometimes. When troubles come and when situations come, or maybe when we're stuck in our sin, and we're in that stuck phase, instead of going to God and leaning on Him, we try to figure it out on our own. Can I be real quick? Our minds are limited. We are not all-knowing. We are not all-powerful. And we can't even restore ourselves. That's why we need Jesus, a Savior who came down, who was perfect, who was sinless, and died for us undeserving, so we can have a relationship with Him. Why are we not leaning on Him? Why are we not looking at His Word and says, yes, that is the perfect Word that I need. That is the good word. That is the good news of the gospel that I need. Because some of us are in quicksand right now. We're trying to get out, out of our own. And God is leading me to say this. Stop. His word is right here. It's right here. And what does leaning on God look like? It looks like a daily transformation. That's what it looks like. You're not going to immediately spin out of that cycle. And I'm not saying that God cannot perform miracles. He can. But all of us expect like God to do this miracle in my life. Like I'll never be addicted again. And I'll never do this again if I just read like one chapter. If I just read one verse of the Bible. No. It's a daily transformation. And what I mean by that is read His Word daily. Praying daily. It can be one chapter a day or two chapters a day. Or just a minute of praying. That's what it looks like when you lean on the strong foundation. Listening to his teachings. And the Bible says so many things about making the right choices. I almost think about Proverbs. It is a great book to study. And if somebody says, hey, what is the book of Proverbs like? The most common word you're going to get is wisdom. And that's what it's like. That's, that's what it's like leaning on God's word is leaning on his wisdom. Leaning on his teaching. And it's a daily transformation. I was thinking about it like braces. Like if you have not had braces and you never experienced that pain and that trauma, you are saved. For me personally, I had to wear them for a long time. In fifth grade, I came in, I had jacked up teeth. Like I had to overbite and they said one of my teeth were like real loose. That should have been pulled out a couple weeks ago. And they're like, all right, listen, you need some braces. So I got on braces. I'm like, all right, great. You know, I got braces on. Guess what? In a year or two, they will be off. I will be fine. Well, each checkup I came on, they would say, hey, did you wear your rubber bands? And I would always respond with a, yeah, yeah, I think I did. When really I didn't, there were some days that I missed wearing rubber bands. There were some days I missed wearing what I needed to do. Well, instead of having my braces for a year or two, I had my braces for almost seven years. That's how terrible my teeth were, and that's how terrible my consistency was. But it it took time. But here's the thing. Each and every day I had on braces, they got straighter. They got better. They became more connected. And by the time that I got my braces off, they were straight. They were perfect. Not saying my teeth are bright and shiny now, 
But when I got my braces off, they were done. But it took time. Listen, church, you can't just read the Bible one time and say, yep, I got my word for the rest of 10 years. Like, no, this word is meant for us to meditate it daily. This word is meant for us to read it daily. God is meant for us to have a conversation daily. If you want to get close to God, if you want to have a close relationship with him, talk to him daily. I'm not just kind of a best friend that I don't talk to for years. The relationship will distance. In order to be close with God and to get out of that stuck phase, you got to start leaning on him. I think that's what the younger son realized. He realized he made, he realized he made a mistake In verse 17, look what it says. It says this, when he finally came to his senses. That verse sticks out to me because there was a realization that he made, he made the wrong choice. And maybe today as you're sitting on the couch or as you're with your people or or you're at church or you're at home, wherever you are, you realize that you've come to your senses that I'm not leaning on him. That I'm stuck right now and I need God. Maybe that's you right now, that you've come to your senses and you've realized that God is calling you out right now. Because He is. And continuing on the verse, it says this, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So my first point was lean on the strong foundation. Here's my second point. Run back to the Father. Run back to the Father. Here's the thing, though. I think the son had a lie in his head that made him stuck. And here's the lie that he had in his stuck. The the lie that, that kept him from coming back to his father is he thought he was too far gone. He thought he was too far gone. If you read it, he said that, hey, I'm no longer being worthy of called his son, so I'm just going to come back as a hired servant. He really thought that coming back to his father, that his father would be mad at him, he would disrespect him, and that he would lower him. And he thought he was too far gone. And that's some of the lies that are in your head that's keeping you stuck. Can I be real with you? That's the lie that kept me stuck. In that moment, when I was in middle school, when I was dealing with depression, when I was dealing with my own sins, I thought I was too far gone. I thought I wasn't worthy of stepping into a church building. I thought I wasn't worthy talking to a pastor about my issues and about my problems because I thought, no, let me just deal with it on my own. But listen, church, you are not too far gone. There's so many examples in the Bible. Look at Paul. He wrote 25% of the New Testament, and yet before he was persecuting and killing Christians. Look at David. We always call him and look at his Psalms and look at his story. Guess what? He dealt with his own sins. He dealt with his own struggles. Guess what? But he ran back to the Father. Listen, you are not too far gone just run back to the father don't wait the younger son could have stayed there and starved and died but he did not wait listen do not wait you're not too far gone God's arms are wide open waiting for you you're not too far gone get that lie out of your head because that's some of the reasons why you feel stuck right now Don't wait. Run back to him. 
Because this is how he's going to respond. Check this out. In verse 20, this is where like, I start tearing up and getting emotional because this is how God is to us. He says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Instead of sitting on a porch, having his arms folded and saying, oh, there he is. Oh, he's messed up. He realized he messed up. Yep, get back with the servants. Instead of having that bitter response, guess what the father does? He says, he says, off his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. And this is how I was when, when I accepted Jesus as my savior and I saw how undeserving it was and I saw how God loved me. I was confused and this is kind of like the response I had. And it says his son said to him, Father, but I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm not worthy being called your son. But the father says, no, 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 no. Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Verse 23, and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Let the party begin. Hallelujah. This is the response that you're going to get from God. He's not going to be bitter. He's not going to say, oh no, you're not welcome in this kingdom. No, he's going to welcome you with open arms. He's going to welcome you with compassion. He's going to welcome you with love. As long as you just come to him. What's a way to run back to the Father? To pray honestly. Be honest with God. Another way, is if you're stuck in sin right now, is to repent. What does repentance look like? Repentance doesn't look like this. Repentance looks like you're one way of living. You're stuck in your sin. And all of a sudden, you're repenting. You're saying, God, now it's time to follow you. And now you're on your way to your purpose in God. Now you're on your way to following him. Now you're on your way to lean on his word. And it starts with running back to him. Another way is connecting with the people that God's placed in your life. When you run back to God and God's like, God, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to follow in your footsteps? Get leaders in your life. Get mentors like Pastor Brian or Pastor Jay or just people in your church home. Connect with them. And what do you do when you connect with them? Y'all start reading the word together. And what's a perfect opportunity to do that? City groups. In city groups, there's a way to connect in the word. But it all starts with running back to the Father. Going back to Him. You don't have to do any good works for it. You don't have to put in a suit and tie and enter into a building and say, yeah, I'm saved. No, no, no. You just have to get on your hands and knees and say, God, here I am. I've made mistakes in my life. I feel stuck right now in the situation I'm in. God, here I am. I give it to you. God, here I am. I want to lean on you. And some of you, maybe you never made that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never made that decision to actually step out and say, God, I'm following you. I'm accepting the gift of salvation that you have given me. And maybe if you're that person right now, you're probably stuck. Because you've been living life on your own, you've been trying to live life on your own, but now you realize that God is convicting you, that beating in your heart, that conviction that the Holy Spirit is giving you. You're realizing right now, That God is calling you. 
And he wants you to accept that free gift of salvation. And if that's you right now, I want to lead you into a prayer. But hear me out. The prayer doesn't save you. It's the, it's the conviction in your heart. It's that heart decision where you're following Jesus. Let me explain to you what this gift of salvation is. When Jesus died on the cross, that wasn't the end of the story. He died on the cross for our sins, but three days later, he rose again. And he gave this gift, he gave this opportunity for us to follow him, to accept that salvation, for our sins to be wiped away. And I'm asking you right now, if that's you today, could you just pray with me? God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes, and I know that that I'm in need of a Savior. And God, I know that you died on the cross for me and for my sins. And I know that you rose again in victory. And God, I'm accepting that gift of salvation that you have been offering me. God, I am accepting salvation right now. And I'm choosing to follow you in your will. Amen. Now, before you go, I know that there's a majority of you who are believers and who are Christians. And I want you to right now to take the opportunity and look at yourself. Maybe you're stuck in sin right now. Maybe you're stuck in a situation and you have not been leaning on God's foundation. You have not been leaning on God's word. And now it's time to run back to the Father. I want to lead you into a prayer to help you reveal what God has in store for you. I want to lead you into a prayer to to help you realize that, hey, you're not too far gone. God's right there with you. I just want to bow our heads and close our eyes. And God, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the strong foundation that you have given us. God, I pray right now for the people listening to this, that they will realize that they just need to run back to you. They need to lean on the firm foundation that you are and the foundation that's in your word. And God, I pray that throughout this week and throughout the rest of this year, God, that they will grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.